Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Square One. A podcast where we take our guests back to square one, where they first started their business, so that you can learn from their successes and failures. Brought to you by Isaiah and Malcolm with Omni Home Services. Today we have Mr. Matt Carlson himself. Matt is the owner and operator of Boundless Moving and Storage. They operate in Chattanooga, Cleveland, and a recent addition in Charlotte, which we're going to dig into. Matt also owns several long-term storage facilities. Matt is a avid runner. He's actually ran the Boston Marathon and ran physically to Boston from Chattanooga. Matt's a good friend of mine. He actually raced with me several months ago and helped me PR in a half marathon. Oh, so. We did. That was a lot of fun. Malcolm, it is good to be here. I love talking about life, about business, uh, just about uh, community. And that's what I love about Chattanooga in this area is it's a great place to live, great place to raise a family, and great place to have a business. I love it. So let's jump right into it. Matt, do you have a night and a morning routine? Tell us what sets you up for success. Oh, man. You know, every day is fast and furious. You know, the time that we're living in, if it's uh, business, if it's personal life, it's family, kids, everything you do, everything's just fast and furious. And, you know, I like to say I'm a hustler and I go out and get it and I work hard all day long. So for me, at the end of the day, if it's five, six, seven o'clock, when I go home, I still have a number of things that I have not gotten done. I got this priority list and I try to check off the top things. So I really look at what has to happen for the next day to be successful. And so I sort of create a task list of things that are priority, things that could get done and then things that don't. And then what I love to be able to do is the next morning, get up and go for a run. I love to run. You know, I love to exercise because that really wakes my mind up, my body. And I look at that task list and say, what can I do? What can I delegate? And what needs to happen to be successful today? Do you physically write that down the oh, next evening? So I do. in a book, in a planner or something? Well, it's on my phone. My phone, you know, like with everybody else, your phone's right on you, you know? So I have a task list every night that I put together and, you know, I get up the next morning. But the first thing, I don't look at it right away. I try to go and get my mind right. So that's why I like to run because I can go out and do four or five miles and just think about things. Think about my family, you know, about the day. You think, jamming when you run? Oh, yeah. I, 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 oh, I got some good music going okay. on. So if it's 90s rap or if it's country or if it's something that gets me going, gets me jazzed. Cool. Matt, if you could tell us about one of the greatest failures that you've experienced and what you were kind of able to learn from that situation. I think a big thing, again, I think I had said earlier, I'm a hustler, so I think I can do it all and get it all done myself. And a couple of times what I've done in my life when I'm running business, doing things is I haven't invested enough in other people that are very talented or probably more talented than me. And I lose those people. So if I'm not investing in that relationship, investing in who they are and what they can do, I've actually, I've gone and I think one of my biggest failures is seeing something. It's not getting done fast enough for me. And so I take it over and I run with it and I do it myself. What that happens is it tells the other person that they're not important. So what I need to be able to do is actually sit back and delegate and then really create a vision that they can run with and go. For me, I think my biggest failures probably isn't one certain instance or one certain day in my life. It's me not investing enough in other people that have talent and being able to understand how to do that and do it the right way really builds your business. So, you know, I have a successful business now today in the moving industry. I have storage facilities. And a big part of that is because of other people. I mean, I invest in other people and they're the ones that catch the vision and, and they help create the vision and then they run with it. Matt, it's so funny that you wrote down here uh, losing people because Madison and I were talking before you got here. I want to know in the world that we live in today where it's hard to find help, 
how the hell do you keep anybody retained? Because you guys helped me move not too long ago. And these guys show up early in the morning. It's hot as hell outside. They're scarfing down McDonald's. But they were there for 13, 14 straight hours. Three dudes shoved into a truck. This is not easy work. How do you keep people? Oh, man. In today's world, it is hard. And you're looking every day for good, talented folks that have a positive attitude, which is half the battle right there. If they come to work with a positive attitude and a smile on their face, they're going to make the other crew members happy. You know, they're going to go to the client's house. When the client sees guys jump out of a truck, they look professional, they're happy, they're smiling, they're joking around, and they're ready to get to work. The client all of a sudden feels at ease, you know? And so we just did a job this week where the guy says, man, you have moved my family three or four different times. You've moved my business three times. And every single time, your guys are so happy and they're so polite. And it's amazing. So when we hire people in, we talk about attitude. We talk about what you need to be thinking about when you come to work every day. And so moving a couch is not fun. Carrying a gun safe, moving a baby grand piano, it's hard physical work. And we understand that. So we want to be able to make sure we give our guys the best tools that they can have, uh, the best experience that they can have. So you want to be able to get, you know, in the morning, the first thing you want to be able to do is get them ready to go and get them energized to get out and put them with folks they want to work with. Our crews, they pick the crews they're with. You know, when you can work with a buddy of yours and you know that he's got your back when you're dollying that gun safe down the stairs, that you're going to be okay, it makes that day a lot better. So is that a key to your retention is talking about attitude in the front line? Mm -hmm. Isaiah has found, too, that's something you can't really instill in somebody is that positive attitude. But besides letting them work with their buddies, yeah. what are you doing to retain good talent? Is it pay? Is it company outings, benefits? Man, I mean, it's all of those. You know, pay is part of it. Of course, you want to pay them what they deserve, but it can't be just about the money because six months later, they're going to want more. It can't be just about the pay. So pay is part of it. Time off is part of it. Uh, again, putting them with people they love to be with every day, that's a huge piece of it because that crew lead is the one creating that atmosphere. The crew members got to buy into it and do it. So if we have a good crew lead, then our job are going to rock and roll. They're the ones that clients love them. And you look at our reviews online. I mean, almost to a T, everybody says, these guys are so awesome. They're so happy. They, they made it fun. When is moving fun? I mean, mm. come on, think about that, you know? So when your guys show up and do it for <laughs> exactly, you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Matt, one thing that we've been talking about amongst each other as a leadership team is about really developing talent, right? And coaching people up, even if it's not like the most ideal thing. And one of our leaders actually shared this video with Gary Vee about knowing when it's time to fire on the opposite end of that, right? So knowing that even though that we do our best to coach people and help people be better as much as we can, that sometimes that's the unfortunate reality is that it's time to coach them out. How do you look for that in your business, knowing that it's just time for us to leave or part ways with this person. Well, let's go back to one of my failures. That was one of my failures when we kept somebody on too long. Mm. And, you know, when you have a negative attitude, negative personality, that it's a cancer with your teams, with your company. And sometimes it's addition by subtraction. And we've learned that the hard way. And so being able to understand who needs to be on your team and who doesn't. I mean, a true leader can do that and then make it happen quickly, but make it happen in a way where the person that has to leave, maybe it's just not a good situation and they're in a bad spot. If it's personal life, you know, things going on, whatever it may be. But if they're not bringing something positive to the team every day, if they're coming in and they're creating, like Malcolm said, it's more of a cancer, then you got to figure out a way to either fix that quickly or within a short amount of time they need to go. 
I mean, that's really something that, again, for leaders, they need to be able to do. And I know I've failed that in the past because you think you can coach, you think you can teach, you think you can help somebody grow. But then at some point, they have to take that and they have to run with it, period. Yeah, fair enough. That's the tough part about doing what we do, man. Sometimes that's a good person. They just got a shitty attitude or whatever it is, and they got to go. You know, this podcast is meant for aspiring or, you know, newer entrepreneurs. But that's one of the things that we don't talk about, man. Like you bring on a friend or you bring on a stranger and you'd become, especially, you know, the small business level because we're like family. Mm -hmm. And then when they get a bad attitude or they don't show up for work, that's not a fun conversation, man. It's not at all. But if you keep letting team members do that and the other folks in the office see it, it takes morale down. And then you have other members that start doing stuff like that. If you actually fix it just like that and everybody else sees it, you know what happens to everybody else? Mm -hmm. They're going to toe the line. They're going to come in. They're going to have a positive attitude. They're going to say, hey, I want to work at a place where when I work hard, I get rewarded. And they talk about that. When you work with somebody that doesn't work hard and they still get the same things you get, they get rewarded for not working hard. Then you tend to just go down to their level. Why work hard if you're not going to get anything extra? We've had a mass exodus, too, where we lost the people we should have let go a long time ago. But with that, that cancer spread and we lost some really good dudes. Exactly. Damn, we should have seen that. Um, Matt, tell us one of my favorite questions is, can you teach us or our listeners a strategy or a tactic if they were to get into business or specifically moving and or storage? What's something they could do immediately for a positive ROI? Uh, well, I would say don't get into moving in stores. There's plenty of players out there. I mean, you know, that's that would be my first bit of advice. No, I'm kidding. Uh, the cream rises to the top, okay? And there's a lot of players in any industry, whatever it may be, and the good companies will work hard and they'll make the right decisions. And so, you know, if you have young, hungry, uh, again, I come entrepreneur, I come hustlers, you know, guys that are going to get out every day and they're going to work their butts off to be successful. You look at your industry and you look at what are the top three referral sources? Who are the folks who are going to feed you clients and feed you jobs? You know, in our industry, realtors, that's a big one, you know? And so what I would say is get in front of these folks face to face. Don't just make a phone call. Don't text. Don't email. You do all those things, but that's not what's going to get your results. Go see realtor offices. Find out who their families are, their kids. Get interested in their lives. Get them interested in your life. When they find out that you're a human and there's things that they get connected to you, everything's about relationship. If it's family, if it's community, if it's church, if it's business, everything's about relationships. So you have to spend the time to do it. And that's one of my biggest weaknesses. When I say I'm a hustler, I always got too many things going on. And so for me, I have to pare down my day and say, how many meetings can I really have? How many phone calls can I really have? How many face-to-faces can I really have that are going to make a difference? And so if you're trying to start a business and you're looking at saying, how do I find clients? Figure out how they're going to come to you and how are you going to get your friends or other business partners are going to feed you jobs? You know, so when you guys are inspecting a home, that family may be moving. And so I would love for you guys to refer those folks to us as a moving company. But in the same token, you have to trust that I'm going to do a good job and take care of your clients. And that's what we do. So we have some really strong relationships with some different industries or folks that can feed us jobs, feed us clients. And we work really hard to take care of those relationships with those realtors or with those home inspectors or with those, uh, you know, mortgage loan officers, construction people. So those for us are a lot of good folks. And we build good long-term relationships with them. Then we can go ahead and rock and roll. I've got a question real quick. We are once again focusing around this recurring theme of entrepreneurs and getting their 
mindset align with what success is going to equal for them. I'm interested to hear, because I think that you've got a unique perspective to be able to run some of the distances that you have is really impressive by itself, but maybe looking at how we can tie what it takes for someone to mentally accomplish that to a parallel with what it takes to mentally accomplish what we're trying to in business. I'd be interested to see what we can connect there. You know, one of the questions that you guys gave me that I really thought about was what's one of your favorite books or what's a book that you've read that's really impacted your life. That goes along with this. Uh, One of my favorite books, it's called Living with a Seal. And uh, a guy that actually hired basically a a Navy SEAL, a trainer to live with him for a month uh, to look at his life and see what he was doing and, you know, doing right and doing wrong. One of the quotes in that book is this. It's not what you do. It's when and how you do it. It's all about the conditions. Remember that. When you think you're done, when you're physically exhausted, when you don't think you can go anymore, when you think you're done, you're only at 40% of what your body is capable of doing. And so everybody within them, no matter what you do, you're going to get tired at the end of the day. But a lot of times that's a self-imposed exhaustion. Your body can go a lot further than what you think it can do. Your mind can go a lot further than what you think it can do. You get tired, but when you're a Navy SEAL, when you're in the military, when you're doing training runs, when you're doing marathons uh, like the Boston Marathon, there's a point in that run when you want to quit. When you're in a triathlon and you're in the very first section of a triathlon, it's swimming. There's times when I thought I was going to die, you know, because I can't go any further. I can't swim. And the volunteer that's in a kayak going to save my life, he's way, 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 you know, he's not even close. But you realize and you push and you dig into yourself, you know. And so when you're an entrepreneur and you want to start a business, you better be ready to dig into that part of you you never knew you had. It's going to be a lot harder uh, than you ever thought it was going to be. But if you do it the right way and you keep working at it and you keep hustling and you keep doing it every single day, it's going to make a difference. And you're going to have these rewards further on down the, you know, the line than you ever thought you could have had. That's awesome. Man, you touched on it, and we're talking Boston Marathon. Tell us real quickly (laughs) how you and your team ran to Boston. All right. It was pretty amazing. We uh, Back when uh, the Boston uh, bombing happened at the 2013 marathon, it was, you know, tragedy. People died, you know, and we looked at that. A bunch of us runners, we were, you know, a running group that I'm in in the Cleveland area. We saw that, and we really wanted to do something. I mean, everybody does. When you see tragedy, you want to reach out. You want to help. That's just, to me, it's human nature. It's a part of who you are. And so a bunch of us got together and started talking about it and say, man, what can we do to raise some money for some, you know, nonprofits in Boston? What can we do to make a difference? Even if it's just a small difference, what can we do to make a difference? Well, somebody said, hey, it'd be awesome to run to Boston, raise some money and run to Boston and deliver it in person. Well, that idea took hold. And before you knew it, we had about 30 runners that said, we want to do this. And so what we did is we raised about $75,000 for two different nonprofits in Boston. And we ran from Chattanooga to Boston. It was an eight day run and it was a relay run. So we had vans. We had six runners in every van. So one van would run for six hours. Each person that van had an hour and then the next van would take over and the first van would go to sleep. You know, they go get some rest, then come back later. And we did that. It was an eight day run. And then once we got there, we got there on a Saturday. They had some big dinner that night for all the nonprofits that we had raised money for. And then that Monday morning, four of us actually ran in the Boston Marathon. So it was an amazing, it was the very next year that we did that in 2014. So it was an amazing experience. It was one of the, one of those bucket list items. I didn't even know it was on, it wasn't even on my bucket list. I didn't even know you could do it. And we created it and made it happen. 
That's so freaking cool, dude. I got chill bumps actually just listening to it. That's cool. Uh, so back to business stuff. You have expanded from Chattanooga, Cleveland area to a completely new market. So I think that's what I would love to hear about and our listeners too, because you basically started another brand new business. Yes. Tell us about the expansion. What made you choose Charlotte? How'd you get the personnel? Where you started from ground zero in Charlotte that maybe you should have at your other business? Uh, it's about people. Uh, I have family that live in Charlotte, so I've been going there for 20 plus years. I always loved that area, Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, it was beautiful. Asheville, you think about all the different suburbs of Charlotte and South Carolina, Rock Hill, Fort Mill, things like that. So I always knew I wanted to be there, but I didn't know how we would start another location. And actually last summer, I had two of my guys that had been with me for two plus years. One of them was from North Carolina. The other one wasn't. He was young and had a wife and three kids, uh, but very good crew leads, worked hard in our company, had grown up in our company over the last couple of years. And they both came to me and said, we want to do this. We want to go to Charlotte. You know, and I said, guys, it's, did you paint that as a vision first or was I, that- I had always told the guys we'd love to start other locations, but it really it was it was just sort of that. We want to go someplace else. We want to have other locations. We're looking at a third location right now, but it's about the people. Do we have the people to make it happen? So they knew that the opportunity was there and they said, we want to grow in this company. We want to be able to help build this company. We want to be, of course, make more money. We want to do something that would be awesome. And so they said, we want to go to Charlotte. And at first I was actually very resistant. I was like, you know, it's tough. I said, Running a crew in a truck versus opening a, a location are two totally separate things. And you got to have skill sets. You got to understand what that difference is. And I remember when I first started a moving company, I hadn't even started it yet. And a guy that I know that's in Texas and has probably 20 different locations now, you know, he said in the moving world with any business, but in the moving world, you know, you're going to start the company and you're going to be on a truck, you know, working and it's going to feel like you just got punched in the face. You're going to get knocked down. Okay. He said, are you going to be able to get back up? That's the question. And with any business you start, you're going to get knocked down. You're going to get punched in the face. You're going to get so exhausted and so just frustrated. And you're going to say, this is too much. Can you get back up? And so I looked at these guys and I said that those exact words, you're going to get punched in the face. Are you going to get back up? So it took them three months to convince me. And then we put them in training because one of the guys had driven a truck. Customers loved him. He knows how to load a gun safe. He knows how to get up and down three sets of stairs. Can you but, stop referencing the gun safe? I'm, I'm sorry, sorry. I put your okay. guys through yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But anyway, uh, these guys said, yes, we're going to get back up. So we immediately then started training them. The guy that was a good driver and a good crew lead, we put him in the office and said, can you do paperwork? Can you do the things it takes to make sure that we're uh, legal with our trucks, with our maintenance, with our, you know, there's so many more things you have to do in the office that folks don't even think about. To even have a successful move on a Monday, there's a lot of things that we're doing on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to get ready for that move. And that's going well? Oh, yeah, it's going well. Charlotte's done well. They're six months in, and we're very excited about where they're going. We believe that this time next year, Charlotte office will be as big as our Chattanooga office. That is awesome. Congratulations there, dude. So if anybody's hungry and wants to go to Jacksonville, Florida, give me a call. My name is Matt Carlson, Boundless Moving <laughs> Storage. If you're an entrepreneur and you want to be a part of something that's growing, give me a call. Let me ask you a question on that note, Matt. To be able to have two younger guys within your organization and they really see the opportunity and they go to you and you facilitate that being a reality, right? Mm -hmm. That's a special thing 
And I think that we're always looking for people to have the similar desire, initially at least, right? To have that get up and go. My question based around that is, would you say that this is like a culture that you try to foster within the company or what really creates that motive within the people, you know, that are a part of your organization? That's a really good question. And I don't <laughs> know if I have a good answer. I mean, uh, what I would say is you have to go find those people. Mm. And there's some folks in my organization that they don't want to go start another location. They want to go work during the day and then go home and, you know, give their wife a kiss, hug their kids and watch the baseball game. And we need a lot of those folks that are like that. They want to do a good job, but they want to go home at the end of the day, turn the lights out at five o'clock and be with their family and live their life. And so we have a lot of folks that are like that and everybody needs that. But where we're looking for, we want to start another location. Somebody that has that hunger that has that desire to build something. Uh, that's the best way I can say it. They want to hustle. They want to be able to prove something to everybody else about what they can do in life. And that's hard to find. They also, it has to be delayed gratification. Mm. When you start a location or you train, I mean, you have to go through training first for so many months before you even think about going to another location. Then once you get to the location, you got to work hard that first year, that first two years to build it into something where you're going to start making money, you know? And so a lot of folks, that come to me and say, I want to do something. I said, are you willing to wait a couple of years before you see some really good benefits from that? A lot of them say, no, I just want to go make some good money right now. And I want that paycheck next Friday. That's not going to cut it. Not if we're going to build something together. I love though, that you said you got to have a frontline soldier, right? You got to have a mover to oh. have a moving business. Yeah. Now, if that's your deal, you're probably not listening to our podcast because we're, you know, probably appealing to somebody that is willing to hustle. But I always love when somebody talks about that because you got to appreciate those cats too. Oh, man, every day. And there's something so grand about being able to check that shit at the door at five o'clock and go home and just be you. Malcolm, you know, and I know. There are days when both of us, it's nine o'clock at night and you're still working and you're like, I wish I could just turn the lights out at five o'clock and go home. You know, I tell people I traded a nine to five for a 24 seven. Yep. And that's not always a good thing, you know? And so there's a lot of sacrifices you make as a business owner. And there's days when you look back and say, man, that would sure be nice to just turn the lights out at five o'clock and go home and make some dinner and grill out and kiss the kids and watch the baseball game we're all guilty with not carving out that time. Is there a routine that you have in your life that carves out specific family time? That routine is called my wife. I mean, I wish I had a better routine. I wish I could say I was that disciplined to not let work infect my personal life. But man, it is so, so hard. And my wife, she has, I mean, I've given her full permission to take my phone, take my laptop and say, you're done. Now's the time to be with your kids. I got an 11 year old and a seven year old and I'll never get this time back. And I think about that every day. I think about how am I going to make sure I'm a good dad, a good father, a good husband? Because when I'm working on my business and I'm building my business, there's a sacrifice I'm making. And actually, you know, before I started the Charlotte location, I'm glad you brought this up. When I first approached my wife and said, I want to start a second location, she literally just said, no, <laughs> no, you're not doing it. We are not going to do that again. Because I had sacrificed so much in the first two to three years of opening Boundless here in Chattanooga. And she said, our family can't afford to have you gone that much, to have you sacrifice that much. Well, then I painted a picture of, no, it's not going to be me. It's going to be guys that we trust, that we believe in, that are going to be starting that location. And then we're going to give them more support than we ever got when we first started 
this business. And that's come to fruition. And so it took her a couple of weeks to actually warm up to say, let's start another location. And I listened to my wife because she's my partner. I think anybody that's trying to hustle gets guilty of, you know, not spending family time. So I'm going to hold you accountable, Matt. Next time we talk, I want you to say, yeah, I have a dedicated hour block or whatever it is to spend with those kids because you're right you won't get that time back we're going to move on real quick uh there's a common theme that everybody says um the best part of business is networking and high level relationships but if somebody were to start a moving or storage what marketing thing can they do and i'm asking like is it radio billboard social ads something like that that they're going to see a super return on their well i mean you got to be on the internet i mean that's a big thing with google and seo things like that you just have to be established there because most searches for moving companies, nobody cares about a moving company until you need one. And then you're either going online right away or you're calling a buddy that just moved six months ago and saying, who did you use? You know, So you have to have a strong online presence. And of course, you do have to go face to face with a lot of folks. I like that. So let's, uh, my favorite question, if you could go back in time to when you started Boundless Moving and Storage, what would you tell yourself? Uh, don't be afraid. Uh, you don't need to know everything. Just do it. Just make that decision and run. And that's in any business. I mean, balance moving to storage. If it's uh, any other business you want to start, you're never going to have 100% of the, the information you need. So just go with what you have and run with it. And most likely the guy that's right beside you doing the same thing, he doesn't know either. <laughs> that's solid, dude. <laughs> Would you have listened to yourself if you told yourself that? Uh, probably not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, I love that, man. I appreciate that. You got anything else, Isaiah? Yeah, just one of our last things before we get wrapped up here. Always love hearing a good book recommendation. What would you have for us on that, Matt? One I already brought up, uh, Living with a Seal. Mm. It really teaches you that there's so much more in you that a lot of folks give up too soon and too easily. And when you can actually be disciplined and actually build a life that helps you succeed, you can do more than you ever thought possible. And for me, that's a part of that's my family too. That, that for us, me and my wife, we work really hard. My wife works in the business. And so it's pretty amazing uh, that we work well together, you know, and that's going uh, to a whole discussion for a whole other hour. <laughs> but I mean, that's a really good book. Uh, a river runs through it uh, is mm. a really, really good book that teaches yeah. you about your family. I'm one of seven kids. And my parents were, I mean, seven kids, come on. I mean, that's just crazy nowadays. But uh, you really start to understand relationships and family relationships and business relationships. Understand how do you how do you talk to other folks? Like I said, I'm one of seven kids and every single one of us is very, very different. And it's weird because we all grew up together, but you're on the extremes of just the political realm. We never talk politics. You know, Thanksgiving, we just go have fun because if we start talking politics, there's going to be fistfights. <laughs> Somebody's getting knocked down. And so there's different books that I look at. But I mean, it's for me, I don't read enough. Again, that's one of those things that's on my list is how do I get so I can read more? Because reading opens up whole new worlds. Awesome. But uh, living with the seal, that's a good one. Okay. If you want to figure out how to expand what you can do, check that out. Well, man, uh, we appreciate you. We went from getting punched in the face to getting to different markets, working with your family, family relationships, almost drowning, running to Boston from Chattanooga. Appreciate your wisdom, Matt, and thanks for coming in, buddy. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for calling it wisdom. Thank you for listening to Square One Podcast, a podcast brought to you by Omni Home Services where we rep Chattanooga Home Inspector, Nuclear Pest Control, Elevate Home Staging and Design, and Radon Eraser. We release a new episode each week, so be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode.